And welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. On the line, we have Kieran Bourke, who is with Bar One Racing, a sports A new hat on tonight. A new hat on for him tonight. Kieran, are you there? Lads, how are you doing? Great how are you doing, Kieran? It's great to have you back on again. And it's only five weeks to the new season. Is it that same? Is it the same for the Premier and the First Division? Uh, well, the first division fixtures actually aren't coming out till tomorrow, but usually the first division would start a week later than the uh, Premier. So the Premier starting on Valentine's Day, which is uh, quite apt, I think. Ooh, so <laughs> looking, looking forward to that. Cracks the relationship. Well, there's not yeah, actually well, a lot. Well, of... You want to be on Valentine's Day, Barry? You know, <laughs> Oriel or Daily Mount Park, or you know, can't think of anything better myself. Well, there's not too much love with uh, the first division and the the, the organisers seen as uh, Shamrock Rovers B or two or whatever they call have snuck in there. Shamrock, yeah, Shamrock Rovers two now apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've just seen it here because we have the the odds up from yourselves and they're already at twelve to one. That's not the worst odds. Like you obviously fancy them to be in in the mix. Well, it's very hard to know. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't know what type of. Obviously, the idea of this team coming into the league is it's going to give younger players a chance. It, it, the main idea is to bridge the massive gap between under-19 football and senior football. Yeah. And my understanding is they'll be allowed to bring, uh, I think, maybe three overage players down from their senior squad to play in first division matches if uh. need be. Look, players trying to get back to fitness, uh, maybe players that are suspended, whatever, stuff like that. Um, so, obviously, the talk is at the moment that the other nine clubs, obviously, are not happy about Shamrock Rovers be, being omitted into the first division. Mm. So... There is talk that some of the first division teams may not field teams against Shamrock Rovers B. So how that leaves wow. the first division, I don't know. There's obviously talk as well of legal action perhaps from the clubs. If that was to drag on, would that delay the start of the season? Then clubs have no income coming in. It's a very difficult situation Jeez. at the moment. I suppose we won't really know more until another couple of days, until we see what the uh, reaction is going to be from the other nine clubs. And there's been no consultation, seemingly. The Captain Teddy chairman came out today saying that no talk, no consultation... What, what what are they thinking of? What 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 line? Are yeah, they I, I've seen the comments from the Cabin Teeley chairman. I know the Longford uh, chairman who wouldn't usually be very he wouldn't usually speak publicly on things like this, but he's come out. He he's against the uh, the draw of the chairman. Another one that's that's come out against this as well. But all nine clubs did release uh, a joint statement as part of the First Division Alliance. They were totally against this. Um, within a couple of days, we've got the news that Shamrock Rovers are going to be allowed into with this B side. So. As you said, there doesn't seem to be any consultation. They haven't sat down and discussed the concerns with the first division clubs. Uh, this is supposed to be a time, of course, when the FEI is supposed to be going through yeah. change. We're hearing about the new FEI. This stinks of the old FEI to me. And is that what the biggest gripe is from the Alliance of the Nine, is the fact that this has been done without their consultancy, or like, like without talking to them about it? Or? Yeah, and um, I think there's a feeling as well, nobody seems to know who the actual decision lies with. Does it lie with the, yeah. the Premier Club Alliance? Does it lie with the league itself, with the FBI? There's just uh, no transparency. There's, there's, there's no actual system in place here. Uh, it's a bit of a shambles, really. It's overshadowed. Uh, yeah. We should all be looking forward to the First Division fixtures coming out tomorrow as fans of First Division close, but uh, this is going to have a massive cloud hanging over that. Now, there's a few teams ahead of the team that I'm going to talk about. They're actually fifth favourites at 6-1. to one. Uh, are three to one favourites, joint favourites, I suppose, with Longford Town. But Galway United have confirmed the signing of uh, Spanish midfielder Alberto <laughs> Cabanes, uh, obviously subject to clearance. But they've signed a few players as well. There's there's a, there's a squad of uh, eight new players there at Galway. So something seems to be happening down there. Yeah, I'm just uh, a couple of hours ago there they announced the signing of uh, Timmy Malloy from UCD, a very mm. very good player as well. Um, they've, they've brought in players that have good Premier Division experience. Uh, the likes of Shane Duggan from Waterford, Mikey Place from Finn Harps. He's a player that's never really delivered on his potential, but 
in a team like this with plays good football and if you get plenty of game time he could be a player that scores plenty of goals in the first division Dino Halloran as well from Waterford a uh, player with plenty of Premier Division experience as well they've also got Michael Schligerman in the goalkeeper who's been out of the game for a couple of years but, but an excellent goalkeeper one of the best in the League of Ireland at one stage so they've signed really really well Galway and as I mentioned they do play good football and uh, yeah I definitely think they're, they're an outside uh, chance at the moment Yeah what about UCD it's hard to know every year what, what yeah. what's, what's going to come what out what batch are coming through yeah, well, that's the thing with UCD. You never really know what kind of team they are going to have. Obviously, they've lost some big, big players. Um, Liam Scales has gone to Shamrock Rovers. They've lost Jason McKellen, the player I really like. He's gone to St. Pat's. They've lost their keeper, Connor Kearns, to, to St. Pat's as well. And uh, Richie O'Farrell's a really talented young player. He's gone to Drogheda. But we've always seen this with UCD. This is the end of one cycle. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, another cycle of players is going to come through. Whether that's this season, whether it's going to be that quick. We can only wait and see, but you can never rule out UCD at this level. OK, so you have Drogheda and Longford joint favourites. What's the thought behind that? Why so? Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that, really. Drogheda, they've been very, very consistent under Tim Clancy the last couple of seasons. Longford have been there or thereabouts. Uh, they didn't really do it in the big games the last couple of seasons under Neil Fenn. Obviously, he's uh, gone to get the Cork job now, so Dara Doyle, this will be his first full season in charge, but... Everyone, uh, I'm sure you've seen the first division team of the year. There was five Longford Town players in that, despite mm. the fact that they uh, lost in the playoffs to Cap and Teeley. Um, and out of those uh, five players, they've only lost one, and that was Anto Breslin, who's gone to Bowes, and, and he's going to be an excellent signing for Bohemians, by the way. But uh, they've kept the likes of Durham, they've kept Dean Byrne, a player a lot of Premier Division clubs were looking at. Uh, they've kept the vast bulk of players. The only one they've really lost, as I said, is Breslin and Connor. Um, Connor Kennett, the back, is retired as well, which is going to be a big loss. They'll have to try and fill his boots in the centre-back position. But overall, Longford have kept the bulk of their players. And as I, uh, as I mentioned, Dara Doyle coming in there as well. So there's continuality there as well. Uh, Drogheda, again, they've kept the vast bulk of their players. And they've made some really good signings as well. Experienced players, Prendergast coming in from Shelburne. Hugh Douglas, he's a man-mountain at the back for Bray. A real th- uh, threat from set-pieces. They've got a new goalkeeper in there, Ross Tracy, coming in because Paul Skinner's retired. Um, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Richie O'Farrell coming in from UCD, really talented player as well. So they've signed really, really well at the moment, Drogheda. I'd probably give them the slight edge on Longford. OK. Bray, the up-and-down club, I suppose. Yeah. A bit like a bit like Drogheda at times, but the, Bray always seem to put in a challenge when they come back up. Do you think they have it in them again? Well, again, it's a very similar off-season to last year. Bray were given a lot of investment last year by their chairman, Gary Cronin, the, the former Longford assistant, the man in charge there. And I have to say, I'm surprised there wasn't more noises towards the end of last season about Gary. I, I think with the players he had, the investment he got last season, they should have been a lot higher up the table. Uh, this season, they've done good business again. Aaron Barry comes in from court. Gary Shaw comes in from St. Pat. Mm. Uh, they've signed a good young left-back as well, Tristan Noah Kostman. He hasn't seen a lot of football in the last couple of seasons with Longford, but he's definitely one that has potential. And I think one of the most underrated midfielders in the first division is Jack Watson, who signed from Cabin Teeley. Uh, they have lost Hugh Douglas and they've lost Dylan McGlade, so that's a lot of goals going out of that team. And they've also lost Dean Williams because his loan spell is over. He's gone back to Shamrock Rovers, so they'll have to find some goals in that team. Um, I'd expect them to be definitely fighting for the top three or four positions, but I just have a feeling they might come up short if they don't, okay. especially get another striker in there. Yeah, uh, like when we look at a, a horse, a horse race, and you <laughs> see the sixty-six and the hundred to ones. And that. <laughs> Is there any chance? There's, there's, there's three, t- three teams: Cabin Teedley, Wexford, and Athlone. I suppose if you look at those teams, they're probably just lucky to be still alive, aren't they? Ah, well, Cabin Teeley had an absolutely phenomenal season last year, but mm. they've been torn apart. The vultures have come in. Jack Watson gone. Rob Manley gone to Longford. Hughes signed. He's 
going to be right up there in terms of the, one of the top scorers in the division. McGuinness has gone to Boas. Jack Chu, a great defender, has gone to Drada. And uh, they've lost their Japanese player as well, Yuta Sasaki, yeah. uh, who was doing well since he came in. So they have been absolutely torn apart. Uh, I wouldn't expect them to feature too high up the table next yeah. season. They'll always be competitive. They're a well-organised side. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't give them any chance of then, promotion next season. Uh, um, as, as for the other two, they'll be the bottom two again. Yeah, I believe Kevin Tadley are struggling fi- a little bit financially. Um, it was touch and go uh, whether they would start the season this year. Um, and, uh, and of course, Athlone have had their problems and Wexford too. If you look at the Shamrock Rovers B team, or, or any B team in a Division 1 or First Division, is it a good positive thing or is it a negative thing in general it, it, whether it's been discussed with the, the clubs or not uh, well I think I'm probably in the minority on this I wouldn't say I'm in favour of it but as a first division fan I would prefer to have 10 teams in the league to mm. play every team three times and again it's, it's a great treat to get to go to a stadium like Tala every now and again even if it is going to be virtually empty um, whereas the other option is playing a nine team league um, a team having a bye every week, that brings uh, pressure on a club as well. Perhaps you have two away games in a row, then you have your bye week, that's three weeks without gate receipts. Yeah. So so there's a real issue in that itself. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm in favour of it. As I said, I prefer the 10-team league to the 9-team league. But today there's reports that Limerick might have some sort of side next season. So if they come back next season, are we going to play with an 11-team league? Do Rovers B move out of the league then? Again, there doesn't seem to be any system in place, and that's the biggest issue I think the clubs yeah, like... and supporters of the clubs have. Because that's an interesting thing, just as you said, because I've only been thinking about it out loud as you were speaking there. Like, is this a kind of a, listen, we can step in as a temporary solution or is this kind of like, now we're in, we're not moving kind of thing? And, and as it's I don't, the unknown. I don't think it is because uh, we had that situation the last time, of course, yeah. Rovers B were in the league in, in 2014. They stepped in um, when one of the other sides went out of the league. I actually can't remember who it was at that stage, but they came in and Pat Fenley came into the senior side then and he wanted more of a budget so they decided to cut the B team as it was taking up quite quite a bit of their finances mm. whereas this time Rovers are in a much stronger financial position as I mentioned all the clubs are having this issue of the 19 league it's too big of a step up for 19s to senior football mm-hmm. so a B team is the perfect bridge for that and Rovers have seen the opportunity here and they've taken it and I know other clubs are looking at it as well Vinnie Parth has come out and said it's something Dundalk would consider um, I think St. Pat's are another club that have t- potentially made uh, noises about in the past as well. So I think that's the biggest concern for the first division club. Yeah. It's basically the prestige of the league. It's been diminished slightly now because it's going to come maybe in the future 50% of the clubs and it could be B-sides. Yeah. That is the fear, isn't it? Yeah. Um, into the Premier Division, Waterford, 80-1. to 1. They've signed Kevin O'Connor on loan, I believe. Yeah, Kevin's come back from England, of course. Uh, he went back to, to Cork. It, it didn't really work out, but he's definitely a player that still has potential. Uh, you'd like to see him get back to his best. Um, I'm sure people are well aware of the issues Waterford have had off the pitch in the last probably 18 months or so, mm-hmm. ever since the European kind of scandal happened. Uh, there was a lot of talk whether Lee Power would actually stay on and, and continue to back the club this season. Uh, he's made the decision to stay on, so that's given them that bit of uh, backing out to go out and sign a couple of players. They got Sam Bone in from Shamrock Rovers, Scott Allardyce from Bowes. Graham Cummins an interesting signer from Cork. He's another one that hasn't been himself in recent seasons, but he can always score goals. Uh, Ty Ryan comes in from Cork as a goalkeeper, and, and you've mentioned O'Connor there. So they've signed OK, but they've lost some big players as well. I mean, Ed was the big one, gone to Lincoln. Mm. Um, they've lost Corey Galvin. He's gone to Cork as well. Uh, and Shane Duggan and Roy Feely. Roy Feely in particular is a big loss. He was a very talented fullback. He's gone the same path. So um, I think that price on Waterford is right in truth. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the big surprise there is Cork City at fifty to one. Just how far they've fallen down the, the yeah, pecking order. What's what's the the financial state at Cork City? Because there was talk about going part time. Mm. Do we know anything about been that? Rub, uh, that's been rubbish as far uh, from what I've been reading. That that it's just one of them things that seems to take off. A few rumours start to flow, and uh, especially a big club like Cork, things like that do often just take off and, and grow legs. But no, I don't think there was any talk of them ever uh, going back to part-time as I mentioned they've got a new manager in Neil Fenn he plays a great brand of football he, he did a good job at Longford but he's going to have a very very young Cork side to work with this season as you said it's amazing just to look at that and see Cork 50-1 to one. but I, know, I think just, when you I'm look at the, at it, the age profile of the squad um, then I think that's about right mm, mm. Um, Right from one team who maybe won't be part-time to a team who has gone part-time is St. Patrick's Athletic they have decided to go part-time this year and they've shed off a few players, the likes of Connor Clifford. Um, but they got in... Uh, is it Robbie Benson they got in? Uh, and yeah, Robbie it, Benson. And I think um, it, I think it, it, suit, it suited him to go part-time because I think he's going to, on for his education yeah. and what have you. So what way will... With the changes that's gone at Pats, uh, and they're at 16-1, to 1, that's forward favourites, is this almost seen as a, as a better thing to do? And, and maybe is this something that the league should start looking at themselves because is it actually a full-time league? Um, yeah, I'm not actually sure on the situation, the Pats. Um, I, I thought they were remaining full-time. Um, I have, actually haven't heard anything on that, but um, I, I'm very excited about Stephen O'Donnell's first season in charge there. Uh, I know it probably... Look, he, he wasn't really under any pressure when he went in towards the end of last season. There was still a small chance to get York, but it was more an opportunity for him to come in, look at the players they have, decide who he wants to keep and and see where they need to strengthen. Uh, they brought in McKellen from UCD. They brought in Kearns as well. Uh, Rory Feely's a great signing. You've mentioned Robbie Benson there. He hasn't been himself either the last six months or, or so at Dundalk. Uh, he suffered a horrible injury at the start of last season. Mm. It's taken him a while to get back to that. But even towards the end of last season, when it was clear he was leaving Dundalk, I think there was a bit of freedom on, on him when he went out and played. And he started to look like him old self again. So if O'Donnell could get that tune out of him, he'd be an absolutely massive signing for, for St. Pat. They've got Griffin as well. So... That's another attacking fullback. I think that's a, an indication of what way Stephen O'Donnell wants his team to play. I think they're going to be a very attacking side, a very good side to watch. That's something Pats have always been down the years. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on Pats. Uh, I know some people are maybe questioning why they're so high up in terms of being fourth favourite um, ahead of Bowes, who had a great year mm. last year. But, uh, of course, Bowes are, are a part-time side, and they're always going to find it hard to kick on any higher than the level they're at now. Obviously, it'd be great if they could, could win a trophy. But uh, what Keith Long has achieved there in the last couple of seasons has been fantastic. But it's always going to be a struggle for both to kick on without being at that full-time uh, level. Yeah, Shelburne back sitting in the middle area, back to the Premier Division. It's good to see them back. It's always they've always been. That's where the back where they belong, really. Um, can they do any better than you suggest, which would be slap bang in the middle? Yeah, well, I, um, a lot of people have have said Shelburne should be a bigger price, but um, I disagree with that. To be honest, I thought last season the standard of the league was quite poor. You had your top two that were a long way clear of the rest, and then you had the best of the rest, which was Bowes and Derry City. Mm. After that, the rest were a long way off in truth. Um, so for Shelburne to come up, they probably wouldn't have to do an awful lot to be in the middle, in mid-table somewhere. Um, they've made some, some good signings. Daniel O'Reilly's a good signing from Finn Harps. Um, Gary Deegan's a really interesting one. He's coming back from Cambridge. Whether he's, he's fully fit, we'll, ha- we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and Jack Brady in goals, uh, he's going to be a great signing from Limerick. He's been with Longford in the past as well. Um, they've lost a couple of players, um, but nobody really that, 
they'll miss too much. Conan Byrne, um, he was a great servant to Shells, but didn't play a lot towards the end of last mm. season. English was in and out of the team. Dean Delaney's retired. He's been a brilliant servant to Shells. Prendergast has gone to draw it as well. So it's pretty much the same side as last season, bad those few new incoming players. They'll be a very solid side. Um, I wouldn't expect them to be challenging for Europe or anything like that, but I think they'll be bang in the middle, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Sligo 51. But top three, you're looking at Derry, who are the outsiders. They've been coming on a little bit stronger of late, so they may, I suppose, be in... A thorn in the side. A thorn in the side to the top two. Um, Dundalk and Rovers, are Dundalk favourites just because of the dominance over the last few years? Yeah, well, naturally, they're going for a sixth uh, title in seven seasons. Um, you have to remember, Rovers were 13 points clear at one stage last mm, season. I mean, yeah. uh, Rovers had a brilliant season last season. They they should have won the league, but it was the first time in a long time that that group of players um, had been in that sort of position. So I'm sure they'll learn for that. The cup win should give them huge, huge confidence, albeit it was on penalties, albeit they conceded a very late goal. Mm. But they still won the cup, and that should be a great boost for, for the group of players. And they did phenomenally well in Europe as well. I think a lot of people forget that. And they've managed to keep Jack Byrne. That was uh, yeah, the be-all and end-all in the off-season. And as well as that, they're going to have Graham Burke now until at least the halfway point of the season. And I think if he does well, they'll be able to keep him. I'm sure they'll be able to come to an agreement to keep him until the end of the season. So Rovers are looking very, very strong. But again, they need to find a striker. No, they, they, no exactly. They're just desperate for goals. Yeah. We know you have a soft spot for Spurs. <laughs> um, and uh, a certain Mr Kane is has been ruled out till April so we'll finish off on this one do, do you think that Spurs need to get an, a striker in or are they okay with what they have oh god no they, they need a striker <laughs> in uh, I don't think Mourinho is going to get his way though I think he's going to have to make do what he has and a few players will leave but I'm good the Kane's out for so long because I'm actually going over to watch them in March now and he's been ruled out till April so that's that's the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. It's going to be very hard, though, to to get a replacement in for Kane, especially in the window that it is in January. Um, the level player they're probably going to bring in would be probably on the level that Son is anyhow. So uh, would it make a difference too much? You know, I mean, there's, there's talk of Giroud. Do you really want Giroud? That's, uh, you've just read my mind. I was actually going to suggest that someone like Giroud would be exactly <laughs> the player that you would need because Giroud, he doesn't score as many goals as Harry Kane but he's a very very good hold up player Eden Hazard when he was at Chelsea he used to love having uh, Giroud in the team because he used to be able to, to get so many goals playing off of him yeah. so mm. I think that Spurs team the way they play you've got some one side you've got more of the other if you were Giroud they're a real focal point and Mourinho is the type of manager he likes a big target man as well obviously he had Drogba at Chelsea uh, so, yeah that type of player uh, Giroud would be able to hold it up feed the lads in from wide and, and I think that would be a, a great replacement while Kane is out on the sideline Brilliant well listen we're all looking forward to the, the new League of Ireland uh, season yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's always it's, it gets a lot more exciting each year because it's building all the time it seems to be uh, getting bigger So and the fan base is slowly growing as well and because people are talking about more on the street not just what you see on the internet and on TV, like you know, there's people going, "Jesus, at the game last week, it's great crack." Yeah. And there is that slow yeah. build, build up of momentum, and it's it's great to see it face to face instead of just through a screen or whatever, you know. So will you be a long yeah, for town? Like will you be a long for town supporter this year or a Dundalk supporter? <laughs> I'll always be Longford, Longford till I die. But uh, we're actually playing each other in pre-season, so I'm actually just knitting together my half and half scarf here. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Oh, no. <laughs> right, okay, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked now. Uh, I've got to leave it at that, uh, Kieran. We'll be uh, talking to you again, maybe when Cheltenham time comes around. 
Dave has his yeah, betting yeah. slips out already. <laughs> I'm so. desperate. <laughs> um, just, uh, just to mention for, for anyone listening as well, if they want to check out the full markets, they can do it on www.bar1racing.com and they'll find the, the League of Ireland outright betting for the Premier and the yeah. First Division and we'll have more markets to come closer to the season as well. Absolutely, and they're on every social media too, isn't that right? Yeah, give us a follow on at Bar One Racing and you'll find Bar One Racing on Facebook as well. Brilliant stuff. Kieran, thanks very much for your Gentlemen. time again. Thanks, lads. Bye good t- good talking to you. Bye-bye.